Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Swiss Ballers Pod. I'm Fabo and as always I'm joined by two absolute ballers, my good friends Toto back home in Geneva and Arman back home in Zurich. How are we doing boys? Hello guys. Hello, very good, thanks. First off, of course, I have to welcome back Toto to the country after his loan spell in London ended. Happy to be yeah. back? Uh, yeah, so happy. The weather is so good, man. Love it. Yeah, we've had a we've had a really good spell of of, of form from yeah. the sun recently. Uh, and also, I have to congratulate Arman uh, on getting his team promoted yesterday, a, a whopping 37 goals and assists for the season. That was good stuff, man. I really enjoyed watching that. How are you feeling the day after? Yeah, still... So happy. Um, yeah, we're just, we worked so hard in every training session for that. And we finally got our reward. And it's so satisfying to, to get, to get the reward for that hard work, you know. And yeah, just over the moon. And now we, now we move on. It was it was it was good fun to watch it. I mean, a four 0 win. I, you know, what what more can you ask for if for a, for a must win game? Yeah. Uh, well, the early Jack, goal helped for sure to come. Sure, sure. Yeah. Event. My my boy Benner converting from the spot. He did well. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll chat Champions League final in a bit, but but let's start off by asking you what your first big tournament moment is, Toto. Like you know how everyone has their first big tournament. It's usually a Euros or or a, or a World Cup that they remember. What was yours? Oh wow, that's a tough one. Um, a tournament, I think I would say 2008. Um, if I'm not wrong, I think it's the, is it 2008 or 2010 when Puyol scored against Germany the header? That was 10, that was World Cup 10. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I think then it's 2010. 2008 but, was when Switzerland hosted the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tournament yeah but i don't were... remember that one i was like six so it was yeah i don't remember one, I that one as well. yeah i think it will be 2010 when we won against spain yeah and then spain won the world cup yeah we were the only team who beat spain so it was like huge thing for us just on top of this with the goal with an offside mm-hmm. goal weirdly yeah how they figured yeah we should have lost like 10 nil but we won one nil so yeah that was a crazy game. I remember that game as well. Um, yeah. Roman, I know you don't love international team football, um, but what international team do you actually support? Um, I supported Germany when I was little. Mm-hmm. And now I just support, obviously, Switzerland and uh, Iran. But I do have a bit of a soft spot for England. And yeah, I think just just because of the song, you know, it's coming home. I love that song so much. <laughs> I just wanted to 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 become true, you know. Yeah, it would, be, yeah, it would be pretty cool if it comes. Yeah, home. yeah, I do have a soft spot for England, but not like crazy, crazy. So, and and I mean, obviously, with national teams, because you only ever one team wins the the tournament, everyone kind of starts off their relationship with the national team with a heartbreak. I remember mine was. Euro 2004 when David Beckham slipped in the penalty shootout um and then again in 2006 when they also lost those those are my first big like supporting England heartbreaks what were yours I think when uh Di Maria scored uh oh, scored yeah. in extra time against Switzerland yeah. I think I was I think I was 12 yeah I was crying like a baby 
<laughs> I remember that very vividly that that game, and then Jamaili hit the Jamaili post in like the hundred and twentieth minute to yeah. not take it to penalties. Crazy, yeah, that was heartbreak for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to weigh in on this, Toto? What was your first heartbreak? I think it would be the same. I think we were all from Switzerland, so it was like the one. And then I remember because I had um, a Madrid shirt with Timari at the back, and man, yeah. it was tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, throw it in the bin, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's get into the show. We'll um, we'll chat Champions League final. Manchester City beat into Milan one nil. We discussed uh, the game beforehand with with Dwayne. It was pretty much the game we sort of anticipated, except perhaps that Inter did better than we thought they would do or they could do, especially on the ball. Were you surprised with how much they offered uh, in in general, Toto? To be fair, I watched the game, but not in the proper position. Like it was in a friend's house, so it was okay. But yeah, yeah, I thought maybe City were going to be better I would say I wasn't surprised with Inter I was more surprised with City I thought they were going to do better than that but yeah I think we need to give credit to Inzaghi and his team and yeah of course they were really good and that's why when when you play a Champions League final you need to be on that level and I think yeah they did it so yeah congrats to them but they, they still lost but I kept I kept thinking during the first half like Inter are doing so well and then the second they'll concede a goal, people will be like, yeah, but going forward, they haven't offered much. So it was really just, yeah, it was, was it really that great? I think it was more... Yeah, but it's against City. I mean, only yeah, team did well against City like that. 100%, I agree with you. But the, yeah. the point I'm making is like they, despite everyone going, the perception being they're doing really well here, they didn't, they never really threatened, especially before they went 1-0 down. Yeah. Did, did you see it that way as well, Armand? Yeah, they for sure... You could see that they're a bit nervous and they're not playing like they used to, not really free-flowing. And yeah, the, and Inter really, I think, really had that mentality of we have nothing to lose here and we just go out there and give it all and let's see. And City had everything to lose and you could really feel that. I mean, they are just humans as well. And we I actually think back about... about of the finals and the there aren't really a, a load of good performances from teams in the in the finals so i think it's just normal that you're probably not on your highest level because there's so much at stake and yeah i was really impressed with inter i think they were really aggressive um in the press which really helped them not to be not to be under pressure and City couldn't really get in their rhythm where they're like a handball team who is like playing around the around the uh, around the box and just waiting for for them to punch. They really uh, they really pressed them high, which was a really good good uh, good solution. But yeah, in the end, they they fell short, unfortunately. What made the <laughs> difference? What made the difference in the end, Toto? Or what won the game for City? I think. I think the, the 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 formation from Pep because we we saw on the goal the the pass from Akanji, and I think those type of, of game with where Akanji can be the guy that can break the line or Johnstone as well, they just show like how good that team is. 
that it can come from anywhere else. Like it can come, yeah, it can be Akenji, it can be Johnstone, it can be Dubbo, it can be Ireland. You never know. And I think that's what makes that team so good. So, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, a mate of mine after they scored was like, oh, it's, of course it was going to be Rodri. And I was like, I, yeah. looked at, I, was, I looked at him and I was like, what do you mean, of course it was going to be Rodri? Yeah, could have, it could have been not... anyone. It could have been yeah. literally like, it could have been Haaland and you would have said, of course it's Haaland. It could have been like yeah. Grealish and you could have been like, of course it's Grealish. It could have been yeah. like Bernardo Silva. Oh, of course it's, you know what I mean? Like they, they have so many weapons. Like at some point, one of them is going to get a chance and more likely yeah, than, I mean, than not. You, you, you put it, it on the, on the, um, uh, on the notes for the, the podcast, like who's your player of the season for Man City ex, uh, expert from Haaland. And I was like, you can give the name of anyone in the team. You can say like 10 players and you can ask 10 person and they would have like 10 different players. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But what I would say about Rodri is that he actually, he scored in so many clutch moments. Yeah. Uh, so why maybe that's why your mate said, I mean, against Aston Villa, he scored a really nice goal in the last game of the season last year and against Bayern this season as well. Yeah. It was like the opener. Uh, yeah, I, I hear I hear you on that account. I I mean, he scored two Champions League goals. It's not like he's like the man for the big moments or or you know anything like that. He he's he comes up with with cool moments for sure. But it's not yeah, like he's it's the, the like, go-to scorer. I mean, Gundogan has just no, as many course. big moments. Yeah, but like when I watch City, I'm not expecting Roger to be that guy to score that goal. So I get I get why I'm on say that. We have to talk about another goal scorer who didn't score. I'm still, I'm still in denial on this. By the way, I mean Lukaku's header. What? <laughs> oh my god, he's such a. What? Why, man? Why did what? he not score? What? How? Yeah. Again, I'm literally in denial about this. I, I'm, I, I don't even know what to say. Someone say something. Armand, take the what? He's just a meme, isn't he? I mean. He always talks this big talk and then in the World Cup as well. Yeah, he's just... But you know what? The thing is a... that it's always like, he's always had the good, like at the good moment, he always received the ball and then I don't know why he just couldn't score like every time because yeah. he's always at the right place. Yeah, I mean, we do, I think everybody knows that he can, he can be very good and he can yeah. be... He, so strong he has the physical attributes he's so fast and he has this his left foot which is not always but can be amazing yeah so it's just uh it's just a shame that he couldn't manage to put it in because i, I really would have loved to see like a extra time actually so it's a strange i, I don't know how how city would have coped with that <sighs> I mean, for, there's, for me, there's two components in this. Number one is is the chance, right? Your 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 work or your or year or your career, really, to yeah, when it really matters, step up to the to the plate and deliver. I mean, you had a big game yesterday as well, Armand. You know, you know what what goes into it and the mindset. And I miss chances as well. And you miss chances, of, <laughs> yeah, you do. But but at the end of the day, it's all about that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about converting. Yeah. I mean, the the greatest sports people will always be known for delivering when it most mattered, you know, Michael Jordan with his game six streak and, and Tom Brady mm-hmm. always coming up clutch in, in the NFL and, and Ali for, for winning, you know, all the, the big fight. Like it, it's, it, that's what really separates the, 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 
great sportsman from the goats, really, if you want to, if you want to put it that way. And and Lukaku was just, it, he had so many moments in the World Cup. You mentioned it there. He had chances at big clubs before, and he got sold by Chelsea. Well, he got he left Chelsea twice now. He's probably not going to play for them next season. Let's be honest. Is he still on loan? He's still on loan. Yeah. He 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 then got another chance at Man United to play for a huge club. Again, they sold him. Look at the shirt behind you. Yes, I know. <laughs> and and it just this rep now of becoming this big moment killer has he probably won't lose that after the World Cup and and this moment now. And it's it's really baffling because I mean you're not gonna you're literally not gonna get a better chance than than that in probably any game really and especially not a champions league final you need to you need to be ruthless then and there and i feel bad for him honestly i do like if you know because i mean again i bought his shirt i was a fan of him once um when did you buy it when he signed yeah when he signed because i, oh, I yeah. thought it was a really good signing it was the summer we signed yeah it was um, an obvious signing yeah exactly and Mourinho, it felt like a, a Mourinho type of player you know at the time yeah, sure. him and Lukaku, him and pogba would would you know would link up. I remember I remember that it was 17-18, I think. I remember the first game at home I was yep. and they smashed some West Ham, some team. 4-0. 4-0 oh, no, no, West Ham. And, Not West Ham. and everybody oh. thought, oh my god, they can compete for the league and yep. it looks mm-hmm. everything is so rosy. And they have that a lot actually, Manchester United against Leeds, I remember as well, where they I think 5-1, then against Chelsea when they beat them 4-0. Yep. I think oh it, it United always look good at the first game at Old Trafford and everybody think they're going to compete. And then it's, it's all going downhill from there. Well, except this season where they lost the first two games. Yeah, in like this season was reversed in a way. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. But no, so where where next for Lukaku after this? Because th- is he going to go back to Inter? Are they going to be able to afford him? Is he is he, is he going to go back to Chelsea? What, what do you think, Toto? To be honest, I don't know. Because I, I saw on, uh, on Twitter the, the, the president of... Um, the sporting director of Inter saying that they don't know now. They're going to talk with Chelsea and see what happens next. But to be fair, the best one will be to to stay at Inter. I don't think there was any place for him at uh, Chelsea under Pochettino. So I think yeah, the best thing for for him will be to to stay at Inter and try to to gain time because this season he didn't play that much. It was more Zeko and Lautaro Martinez. So, and Zeko is now 27, uh, 37, 36, something like that. So, he should be able to be the first choice for, for Inzaghi. So, let's see. But I think it will be the best choice for him. Do you agree with that, Armand? Can he, can he make a comeback to the Premier League? Or is that chapter, is that not a wise idea for him? It always seemed that he had more... That he, had, that he had more success at Inter than in the other years in the Prem. I mean, he was great at Everton, and for sure. But yeah, I, I don't really... I look at him and I, and I think he has all the attributes, you know? All the attributes. So is it a mental thing? Is it a... I don't know. What, what do it, you think it is? What do you think it is? Yeah, maybe it is a mental... Because I have the feeling he always wants to prove people wrong and he always seems like he's not getting the the credit that he deserves. I think at one stage he said he's one of the top... Nobody thinks of me as a top striker in Europe, which is wrong. So, yeah, maybe he's a bit too... He wants it maybe too much and he, he looks for the goals too much rather than just playing football 
to win a football match, not to score yourself. You have to win the game and the goals will come by themselves. Yeah, maybe maybe it is a mental thing because he has all the attributes for a top, top striker. Are we... Do we think he... I mean, I remember when he came out as a 16-year-old and people were like, oh, this guy, this guy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Did he did he perhaps not reach that potential? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think if he would look if he would and when he was sixteen or seventeen and where what was I think at Everton and West Brom when you would go forward in time and look where he is now, I think for sure he he'll be disappointed. He still had a great career, obviously, winning yeah, yeah, winning leagues and, and all the sure. rest of it. Definitely. But if you're pipped to be one of the greatest and you don't become one of the greatest, that's what happens. Yeah. You Do you think? I think he gained a bit of weight, no? I mean, he's always been a bulky. No, but I think, yeah, he was always been bulky, but I think he was a bit less bulky. No? What other? Or... I didn't, I, it's, it's hard to tell on the telly, really. I don't, yeah. I, I'm not I, sure. I, I thought I, of it. I, I think he gained a bit of weight. I think always the same about Sule, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, to be fair, yeah, he's really a, fast. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, but it looks—I don't know—it looks like a cube. You don't know. Yeah. You if you give him ten seconds time, he will be fast. Yeah. Yeah. He, the acceleration yeah. isn't the greatest. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of great, Man City have learned their lesson, haven't they? I mean, we we always we've been talking a lot about Man City, rightly so, this season as well. Now they have won this treble and and. A lot of people are now talking about this new way of winning for them, how they're now um, winning ugly, really, you know, because so, so often it was all about possession and, and about playing beautiful football and then crashing out against the likes of, um, you know, whoever, whoever they lost against in the Champions League, the Monacos, the Lyons, the, the whoever's. And now yeah. they're not playing attractive football, but they're winning the finals. They're winning against Man United without looking great. They're winning against Inter without looking great. Is is that the big difference between this Pep team and previous year's Pep teams, Toto? Yeah, I think it is because uh, we know, like, when Madrid won the Champions League, it's not all, they they don't always like look the stronger team in the past two years, I would say, and they they still managed to win. And I think it's what's make a good team, even though you are not the best team on the pitch, when you're able to, to win that game, I think it's what makes a good team. So, yeah, of course. Do you, do you agree with that, Armin? Is this is this something Pep learned over the years that maybe, I mean, look at the Gundogan goal, obviously it was a brilliant strike, but they came from just lumping it long to Haaland. Is that... Yeah, yeah I don't think they, they won ugly a lot of times. I, I... I just think that when you play at Wembley and when you play a Champions League final, you just rarely see very good performances and you need that bit of luck and you need that bit of, yeah, just get the job done, you know, don't care how. I think Guardiola said after the Champions League final that it helped that you had four centre-backs in back line. And I think we're going to see that maybe in a, maybe a lot of other teams now because... It, it does seem to work, and you, if you have centre backs who can, who are fast, who are who can, who are technically good, then it seems to be very. They were very solid at the back, which they weren't when they played Chelsea in the final, 
which they weren't when they played Liverpool, when they got better than Anfield. So maybe this will be a new recipe for, uh, yeah, for success. And I'm curious to see what the other teams, if the other teams will will uh, replicate that. It's an interesting one because I remember, I mean, Spain in 2010 had Sergio Ramos at right back yeah. and, and Germany in 2014 had Benedict Hervides at, uh, at full back left, as well, uh, yeah, left back true. even, yeah. And then Pavard four years later for France. So it's it's not a... It's not exactly a, a new invention. I think that I mean, no. it, but but it has no, but been the very way successful. they use it. The, the way, way they, they use it, it is yeah. very much so. But yeah. it has been proven to be really successful that to yeah. kind of just crowd the defense with center halves, yeah. and get that physicality, and perhaps sacrifice a bit of offensive. Yeah, but power. I think it's different with the national team because there was less choice for you to to choose a right back. Yeah, when you look at France, there there was no right back like with right back. So they had to, to come with Pava. I think it was the same with Germany, with Spain. It's just like, for, for me, when you look at the Pep team, it's just a choice from him to 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 use four centre-backs and play with John Stones as a midfielder. So it's different from the national team, I would say. It just gives you, it just gives you stability. And I remember when Arsenal were playing at the Etihad and I thought, Okanji against Saka, Ake against Saka, and Okanji against Martinelli. I would rather have like a fullback who is like going forward all the time, and then they they have space to to go into. So, um, yeah, it, for sure it adds stability. And when you play maybe I don't know Leeds at home, then you can go for maybe a, a bit more offensive fullback. Speaking of fullbacks in Man City. It, I, the transfer strategy this summer has been, or even this this season, actually, we have to include the winter transfer window as well, has been remarkable, hasn't it? They they sold uh, Gabi Jesus, they sold Sterling, they sold Sinchenko, all to league rivals. They sold or they loaned out Cancelo in, in winter. Decisions that if almost any other managers had made them, he would have been called crazy. And after, despite letting go of, you know, Jara Cancelo, perhaps the best fullback of the year last season, they just kind of got better. How how do they how do they do that? Is that something Pep will think about in summer when he lets go of Sinchenko? He will think, oh, I'm going to play without fullbacks this year and design this three three two four one system, or is that something that he develops over time? What what do you think, Toto? I think when. It- I, I don't think when he said like uh, Zinchenko and Rezus, he was already thinking about it, maybe, but I don't think it was like the reason why he let Zinchenko leave. But I think when he let uh, Cancelo leave, he had his idea to play at two at the back. I think that was the, the point when he when he let um, Cancelo leave. But I don't think at the start of the season, he was thinking about it because he didn't really use it. He started to use it after the, the winter break. So, yeah. But we, we need to, to give him credit again because you can see the, the jersey. Cordina uh, <laughs> is one of maybe the best one. And yeah, f- just surprise me every time when you think like, oh, now you know how Guardiola play. Now you know like they're going to, to play like that. And then you come out with something else. And then you're like, oh man, we can't do anything against him. Just he has the best team every time. He has the best formation, you know, how to use players. Like, who would have thought to to play Johnstone in midfield and that Johnstone would be that player? 
no one no one else and yeah so yeah yeah the the i want to talk more about the the recruitment i i was going through the list of where players had come from what teams they buy players from and and when you look at the clubs that they snap snatch players up from they're not actually huge clubs i mean you mentioned john stones there he Dortmund, came from everton yes, we are huge Dortmund, sure massive club Thank worldwide but m- a lot you. of a lot of other i mean you know maris came from leicester jack Grealish came from aston villa uh de bruyne came from wolfsburg uh you know the list goes on john stones came from everton that they, they, they don't really buy the real madrid and and barcelona players and improve them that the occasional you know sterling coming from from liverpool it kind of shows to me that money alone doesn't do it look at look at chelsea their transfer strategy is all over the place and spending all the money but the success doesn't just fall into their laps like it seems to do for man city what what are the factors behind that is is how big of a how big of a part does recruitment play arm and how much is it down to just spending the money wisely yeah a huge part obviously i mean I think a better example is Liverpool. They didn't spend that much, but look at the reward they got in the last years. And I heard an interview from, from Klopp when he said, it's kind of good for football that we saw that the Chelsea project isn't working, maybe will work, but at the moment it isn't working because just throwing money at it just is not enough. And you can, and you can compete with maybe a lower budget than Chelsea, just because you have the right recruitment, you have the right management. You have, you have to re, they have a good, I think Liverpool, I think has a very good analyze, uh, analytic, analytics, analytic. I don't know. Analysts. Yeah. Analysts. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think they, they choose, I mean, think of a, I think the only flop I can remember from Liverpool in the last years is Keita. I don't remember any other signing not doing their job. And that's why it is so key to get the right players in and to, in a way, it sounds a bit, yeah, it doesn't sound that nice, but get rid of the dead wood um, early enough so you can get them off your 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 wage bill and, um, yeah, bring new people in, which I think Liverpool and Man City have. They almost made it to perfection and you you can see that in the in the rewards I, I think again we there, there was something that i want to highlight i think we need to give players time because when I, when you look at johnstone's natanaki it took them time to be at that level like since when um when um johnstone joined like five years ago something like that yeah 16 i think he joined yeah so it's yeah, it took him time and people were like saying, yeah, he's a flop. Because it, it, it did cost a lot. And I think like mm-hmm. people were saying, yeah, he's a flop. He's not at the level. They paid so much for him. And now look at him. Now he's, he's one of the best in the world. And, yeah. and same with Ake. Took him time. We need to give t- uh, players time. And I think that's what made Guardiola one of the best because after one or two seasons, he wasn't going to, to let um, John Stones or Naki leave. He kept them because he knew that they had potential. And now we can see it. Yeah, it's a, it's a common theme on this podcast. We, we talk a lot about this, about giving people time, which in football rarely happens. Yeah. And then on those rare occasions where it does happen, it's people get rewarded 
you know, I mean, relegation scrap is a prime example. The, the three teams that did go down all swapped coaches late on in, in the season. And perhaps it's not a great thing to do. And the, the teams that swapped, swapped coaches earlier or even stuck to their coaches, they stayed up. I mean, Bournemouth, Gary O'Neill is a, is a great example of sticking to the guns, even when it looked like it wasn't going to go great. And, and Notts Forest with Steve Cooper as well. They all stayed in the league and, and clubs like Leicester and and um, and uh, Southampton, obviously, and, and Leeds, who all swapped their coaches fairly late on in the season, they all went down. So so maybe there's something to keeping the consistency and, and trusting your first instinct of, re- of recruitment and, and letting something develop. And I told you this, Simon, the day before the game as well. There is no there is no failure. I mean, I'm quoting Yanis here, but it's all a process, you know. That it's all part of it's all part of building something and maybe that's maybe that's the lesson for today from from this podcast you know for all the listeners out there for all you three listeners out there i do want to ask the question we've touched on it earlier if not for harland who's man city's player of the season Armand, you start it's between rodri and De Bruyne for me. And I think I'll just edge it to De Bruyne just because of the the goals and assists he scored in big games against Arsenal, against against Real Madrid. Yes, close, but I'll just edge it to De Bruyne just because I think he's been, again, the best Premier League midfield player this year. Toto, is it Bruno Gimares for you? Come on, no, I think yeah, it makes it makes uh, sense to me to to give it to De Bruyne, but I will give it to someone else just not to to repeat our man because as I said before, you can give it to ten players, just but yeah, I think I will give it to John Stones because um, he's been a huge part of that team, playing that role and playing so well. I mean. I saw like some highlights on Twitter. Like you can see him is like in the box of Inter playing like dribbling like three or four players, and you're like, what? That's Johnston, the centre back. Like two years ago, you were like, ah, oh, yeah, can he really play in that City team? And now he's in the box in the Champions League final for in Inter. And yeah, I think I will give it to him. He's just so good this year. It's been so good. And yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, he was on the right wing for for a large part of that final, and and somehow it just. It's just worked. Yeah. I want to talk briefly about the other European competitions. I mean, perhaps well, less... Well, for you, who would it be? I think I'd give it to Akanji. Oh, yeah. Just because I like him. He played so many games for how he was shunted to the side at Dortmund and just completely bossed it at City. Yeah. I think he's been great. As I said, I want to talk about the the other European um, cups. I I personally feel the Conference League is a complete success. It gives teams yes. like West Ham, it gives mid-table teams almost the chance that if they have a good season and they can maybe get a couple of new players in and build on that success, they can really compete in Europe and win it. I mean, West Ham were never going to win any European trophy anytime soon a couple or so years ago and now suddenly they play in these huge games huge finals i think it's great for also national team football because it gives players from 
that can't reach that top six bracket. It gives them a chance to play massive international games. And when they do step up, they'll be more experienced and, and better for it. I think it, it's it's just a great thing for football that there's more, there's just a wider, a wider peak now, really. Do, do you agree with my assessment or do you think it's a bit of a waste of time? Toto, you start. Yeah, I agree 100%. But again, this final was an uh, English team against an Italian team. So you're like, yeah, it's like the other final. But we saw in the semi-final, Basel was that close to, to going to the final. And the other game, it was, was it Feyenoord? No, it wasn't Feyenoord. Who was the other team against uh, West Ham? Alkmaar. Alkmaar, Alkmaar. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Dutch side. And like, they were as well that close to going to the final. So imagine next year you see like a team coming from a country that you never thought they would be into a uh, European final. And yeah, I love it. Like we we also the 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 kid crying on Twitter like because he was so happy about the the win from West Ham and without uh, the conference league we would never saw those type of things so yeah I think we need to to give credit credit to the UEFA for that it's a complete success as you said and yeah Armin what is what are your thoughts uh, at the start I was really I was not really a big fan of it because I think I had to, the fear that it will normalize European football and that it will be too much and that it's just another moneymaker from UEFA. Which it still and, is, by the way. I have to it say. Which still yeah. is, of course. But, <laughs> but as you said, I mean, the gap between the Conference League and the Europa League, I think it's not that big as well, which is good. And yeah, I think it's I think it's been a success. I, I don't watch a lot of Conference League games, but... Uh, yeah, I think it's very good for teams to to get experience in this type of tournaments, and as you said, it'll help them for international football as well, for sure. And yeah, good good stuff. Good stuff indeed. Uh, okay, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, keep an eye out for more for more content on the Swiss Ballers Pod. Do uh, consider actually don't don't consider it. Just do it. Just follow us on instagram uh subscribe to the pod wherever you get your pods do all the all the good stuff and we do promise to to keep putting out interesting stuff get involved join the conversation disagree with whatever we say you'll be wrong but you know we'll start a conversation <laughs> uh and uh, yeah just just all around thank you for listening and and we'll chat soon see you for now <laughs>